Look, it's impossible for me to talk to a psychiatrist. Go on. Hello, world. <laughs> Bitch. You're in Miami. You have a white dress on, halter, gold anklet, a white scrunchie that you put your hair up and your hair down like throughout the night. Platforms. Drunk, like a good amount of drunk. You know, you didn't eat too much or too little. You're just kind of like, oh, the breeze. You're like, you know what? This is fucking fun. And you go, you know what? This hamster dance song is actually gorgeous. You look over, you see this guy. He's like tall with tattoos, you know? And you're like, both ironically dancing to this. Like, you can both tell. You're both like, this is weird. But you're both like, okay, whatever. I'm telling you right now that if you're on the elliptical, this song, just imagine, next time you're on the elliptical, just imagine me flailing to this song. And no one no one knows. I'm like in a Sonic Youth t-shirt. Okay, the rap. <laughs> the rap is where I stop. Oh, actually, wait, this is bars. I would give anything to be in the studio when this was recorded. <laughs> well, these people are rich, too. These people are rich for this. All right, enough's enough. Hello, world. This is Angelica Pasquini, your friend, your confidant. Your friends and confidant. Um, sorry, no episode last week. I'll tell you what, babe. The highs are highs and the lows are lows when you're in the entertainment industry. Okay? And I was on a low. Um, you know, if, if when you're freelance, babe, I'm a freelance writer. I'm a freelance podcaster. I get a gig. I lose a gig. I find a gig. I... It's not easy. I've supported myself for one year freelance totally. And let me tell you something. I get it. I get the experience. And I'm ready for a steady ass paycheck. Tell you that much, Sister Act. I don't know what that's going to look like. But it's just like it's the wild, wild west. You know, it's like sometimes I'll book stuff and then I have nothing. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Tweedle Tweedledee, Tweedledum. But I, you know, I gathered myself, took a nice long walk, got a caramel frappuccino with an espresso shot, um, put my hair in a bun, had some flip-flops, walk around, walk around, and realized, you know, all these restaurants, all these, all these, you know, shops, even like construction guys, or even in like, you know, laundromats, it's like everyone's just waiting for the next person to come in. You just constantly need the next thing, catch the next wave, you know? And um, you're not alone if you feel that way. Just know I felt that way, too. And so I just needed a week to, um, you know, like cry about it, email every single person I know, um, say yes to what I want, say no to what I don't want. Um, Also, you know, when you're freelance, people treat you. The people really, they push, honey, try to get as much work for as little amount of money. And everyone does it. It's not personal. So those are the few things I've learned this year. I actually made like a little guide to freelancing that would be like a fun video series um, that I'm trying to sell to a company that does like um, career stuff. 
And it's kind of like an educa- a comedic educational series of like what to do and what not to do. Like when you're waiting for an email, for example, um, you know, things you can do around the house. So it's like half joking, but half serious, you know, how to procrastinate well or like, you know, different ways to manage your own time. But I love working. I love to go somewhere every day and work. Um, I love I love that. So I'm just trying to figure out what that's all going to look like. And, you know, none of us are immune to financial um, anxiety. You know, it comes up. And I'm happy to say that I've had it so many times in my life and it's worked itself out and I'm always working and I'm always finding the next thing. But it's also very tiring, you know. And so you have all this autonomy, but you also have none at all because you don't have that steady paycheck. And you got to hit a sweet spot. But even, you know, even when you in, in entertainment, you can you can get the biggest gig you can get the biggest voiceover job that pays you this. Like I have friends that like get, I have a friend who's in a Super Bowl commercial, like you get a big check and then the check is gone. You just like have to wait for the next thing. You're just like, constantly looking for the next thing. And, um, you know, it's not for everyone. I did do this fair, the Hester Street Fair, and that was really cool. Um, so. I love drawing, like it's so relaxing. So I was just doing that anyway. And then I started putting it on stuff and then people wanted to buy it. So um, this experience is very, you know, I'm very detached from the outcome and it's actually just has nothing to do with anything else in my life. And it's very, it's really, it's really a pleasure to do something that you just like doing and then um, sometimes make money from. Like, it's really, really nice to not, have it be wrapped up with all the rest of my life, you know? But um, what I really liked about doing the fair was seeing who naturally navigated to my work, and it was all young girls. I mean, like, little girls that wanted to buy stuff, and then also, like, just women, all, like, really fun, cute, dressed, like, good energy, fun, you know... It was just, like, fun. It was fun to chat and hang out, see all the other vendors, a bunch of other freelancers, too. You can tell. Like, everyone's just, like, trying their thing, you know? It's very much that period of time right now where it's important to remember, like, everyone around you is most likely also trying to catch the next wave. Or even if they're in a full-time thing, they might be, like, you know, working a side hustle or really wanting to. Um... I don't know, like, if if you don't know my story, I don't know how long, you know, I don't know if I have new listeners or whatever, but I worked full-time for five years while writing, and um, I was in a band during it, and I was also writing a TV pilot that I ended up being able to um, do all my rehearsals and table reads and auditions for the show at the label I was working at. I was a receptionist for five years in the music industry, and um, when I finally left... It was because I I joked that they threatened me with an HR promotion because I was like, I'm not going to be HR. And I had just put out a show, went to L.A., got really, really close to it coming out and actually getting like some sort of development deal. And then that did not work out. So I came back to New York, started working at a restaurant and um, then COVID happened. So 
you know, I, I know what it's like to work, you know, if you're someone who's listening and you're full time and listening to someone's freelance struggle sounds like a real luxury. I've been there 1 million times. I mean, oh my God, I was a receptionist, which I really did dig. And I have some really funny stories, but also it was so annoying. And, um, I'll never forget. Someone said to me, you know, I can never do this. I could never sit here all day. Oh my God. And I remember thinking in my head, yeah, I can't either bitch, but I have to. But I am. So, um, uh, yeah, you know, I, what, what, do I, what, what am I trying to um, mine from my experience right now? I suppose what I'm trying to say is I understand a lot of the different angles. And I never had um, a lot of money. In fact, I had a lot of student debt that I paid off during COVID. So this year has been my first time being debt free and fully supporting myself, you know. I've had so many iterations of a career, so many iterations of who I am. I feel younger than I used to be as I've been freelance. I feel um, younger than I was when I was in my 20s, when I was I was actually really serious. Not not like I was always funny, but I just I had so much. I've had so much financial anxiety that puts you into like a crippling, um, you know, really scared version of yourself that um to let that go was amazing and then now you know these problems are annoying but ultimately they're nothing like as bad as they were so uh grass is always greener there's always a silver lining etc okay so our first caller today asked that i (laughs) request that i change their voice because they were embarrassed about their question, which I'm happy to do. So I'm going to put a little effect on it right now. Hi, Ange, uh, long-time listener. Um, I'm going to request that you please change my voice because I'm so embarrassed by my question. Um, I keep having dreams about my ex from many years ago, and I don't know why. And um, can you help me figure that out? I have literally no feelings. I kind of hate them and just am over it, so I don't understand. Okay, been there, babe. So you're dreaming about your ex and you have no feelings towards them and you kind of hate them, you said. So I hate to break it to you, but having no feelings is different than um, hating them. (laughs) I think that's what you said, having no feelings or you're over it, but you also kind of hate them. So listen, just because you're dreaming about someone does not mean you want to be with them. But it means that that you feel some type of way. And that type of way could be, you know, subconsciously, you could just have some unfinished business there, which I personally think is incredibly normal. In fact, I like to think of it as like, you know, there's something right with you. If, If you have unfinished subconscious business with someone who you had an intense relationship with, it's like, that's good. That's human. That's the stuff of art and music and paintings. Okay. You know, tales old as time. It's completely, completely normal. And, and in fact, it's a privilege to be, you know, somewhat miserable and also happy at the same time. And to have parts of yourself that want to completely sabotage all the great things that you've created in your life. This is so normal. 
I'm an advocate for self-help. I'm an advocate for everybody getting down to business when it comes to healing ourselves and the world. But I also think that this idea of cleaning everything out and rewiring all of our brains and our neural pathways through meditation and medication, these are all great things and I'm down for all of it. But I also think that sometimes there's this like um, purity, clean, you know, clear, clean and clear and under control, honey. Okay. What, what was that? Some face wash. It is not that way. Nothing is linear, including time and healing. So sometimes you're over something and you're doing really good and you don't care. And then later it creeps back in either in your subconscious or even sometimes consciously. I remember when I, cause I was thinking about this, um, when I was bringing up the pilot that I wrote. So when we were done it editing the final cut of the show and it was really something I, I mean I did a kickstarter I dreamt about it for so long we finally did it it was based on my friend's real stories like worked so hard on it and I got in a cab and I was going home and I remember for some reason feeling so guilty that because I have an ex who struggles with mental health and um an ex from childhood and he is no longer a part of my life. And I remember, I don't know why the wires got crossed, but I just finished this project that I loved so much. And the first thing I thought of for some reason was like, oh my God, I feel guilty and sad that like this close friend and such a love of mine who like, I remember talking to him about movies. He showed me so many movies. He showed me Neil Young. He showed me like so many amazing artists, like so many, so many, I think Bob Dylan, like, so, well, no, not Bob Dylan. That was not him, but there there was definitely like so many things that I, so many dreams that I had with that person in my own mind at that time that he had maybe even had nothing to do with some of them that now that when they were blooming and happening in real life, my brain was like connecting to him again. And I was like, what the hell? So And I know there's people who probably feel that way about me, you know, like I was present in their life when they first thought of something and now it's in a different place and they're like, whoa, I remember her, you know, it's like you're probably growing and evolving in new ways and there's parts of your brain that are like remembering him and when you're sleeping, it's coming up and it's totally, totally normal and okay. And there is no level of meditation and acceptance and alchemizing of pain and you know and going back into your history that will ever clear you out so much that you're not human and you don't make connections you know that are sometimes uncomfortable that is like really dangerous thinking that I just see a lot you know on Instagram and also in the healing world where it's like well once you've fully healed this it will be then healed forever it's like no it's not how it works like yeah there can be things that don't bother you and you know don't play on loop for the rest of your life like you know um or don't become such like they're not a a hot spot so much that you like pop off anytime you hear about it of course there's ways to manage all that but what I'm saying is anything that was deeply meaningful to you will always come back and circle back and it's okay and it will always be you know in the ether. And I think it's really amazing to accept and embrace when we like, sometimes I'll daydream about people from my past and I, I'll get caught up in it and be like, what is this? And then also I'm kind of like, whoa, this is what being human is, you know? 
It's far out. It's definitely far out. And you're like, wait, what? But assigning meaning to everything is... God, I'm going to sound like... Well, I don't really care what I sound like. This is just how I feel. Assigning too much meaning to every single thing and then making it a problem that you then need to go to somebody and pay them to fix all the time for every single thing is a cycle that, uh, you know, it's a pain in the ass, honestly. Sometimes, you know, a cigar is just a cigar, they say. Sometimes you just take the lesson, you carry it lightly, you don't make it your whole identity, and you move on. And just know he's probably doing the same thing towards you, honey. Or someone who you never even thought of thinks of you sometimes and has this weird connection, and they're like, why am I thinking of of her? You know? It's, it's, it's part of all being connected. It's part of being a person. It's messy, it's weird, it's not linear. It's all innocent. But if it's disturbing for you and you want it to go away and it's really bothering you, I really suggest EMDR through a practitioner. I had something that was looping that um, I didn't even know was in my way until I started making strides in one particular part of my life and then realized that I had um, a block pretty much. Like I kept going back to what this one specific person would think about me doing how I'm doing what I'm doing and what their opinion was. And I had this person on a pedestal and I was like, what the hell is this? I can't break it. So I went to someone and I worked with them and EMDR therapy is really, really cool. It really helps. So I do recommend that. And I don't mean to be, um, you know, negating everything else that I just said about healing, but I think both can exist at the same time. Like you can get help around it, but you can also know that part of being a human being is to be totally messy and confused sometimes and kind of leaning into that and accepting it rather than making everything a problem that needs to be solved. I definitely recommend. I wish you deep sleep tonight. I wish you calm and peace. And if it's bothering you, Go, invest, put it on a card if you have to. I have a friend who did that, who put all her therapy on a card, paid it off, time, you know what? It's okay. It's not a big deal. Investing, taking it, getting it taken care of if it's something that you want or accept that it's part of being a person and actually maybe the weight will shift off of it and the meaning will kind of dissolve because you kind of are like, oh yeah, I'm just being a human. It's like anything else that I do that's human. Do either of those two things. Um, and I just send you so much love because I've been there a million times. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of romantic towards the things that I dream about. I kind of like it, but I know what you mean when it's something that you're like, I don't, I don't want this anymore. So yeah, pay someone or fully accept it and, um, carry it lightly. That's my, that's my advice there. Okay, I just made a pizza and then came back and listened to that and um, had my little dinner and then I was marinating on what I said and I know that I said two different things. I said I critiqued the whole wellness industry and then I said get EMDR because it worked for me and I think um, both those things can exist at the same time. So, um, you know, get the help you need if it's really on loop and no that you can accept it because even though that did help me EMDR sometimes the thoughts do come back but I have tools that help me and at the same time when I zoom out I'm like oh just being a human 
So I know I said two things, but I'm going to keep them because life is like that, you know, kind of contradictory. Okay, we have another question. Hey, Angelica. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I would love to hear your perspective on international polyamorous relationships. Let me know. Thanks. Bye. Wow, my perspective on it. Well, the first thoughts that come to mind are like that it's very expansive, even the language, you know, international polyamorous relationship, you know, it's like to get to a level where these are the time conversations that you're having is like, um, I'm forgetting it now, but you know how there's that like, um, philosophy thing in the cave where like you get your basic needs met and then, then you can open up again and then you can open up again and again and again to get to the point where you're like self-actualizing to me, to be in a place in life where you're international at all, babe. And then on top of that, you're fucking so many people (laughs) that you are discussing polyamory you know, my perspective on that is, wow, my perspective on that is like, you know, if you're if you're contacting me because, you know, you're navigating a the terrain and sometimes you're uncomfortable with it, just know that like even doing this alone is a is a um, is something most people like never even get to the place of ever having, I guess, as a um, option. Um, local polyamory really is different than international, I'd, I'd assume. <laughs> Small town polyamory, law drama, you know? International, you're getting the benefit of space and even time because you're in different time zones. I, I would assume it's better and worse, you know, because really, so love and partnership you know, space can like taking space, you know, literally from each other, you know, um, location wise can really help you realize, um, what you really want. But I think to be polyamorous and internationally separated, it has to be two extremely independent people that are that are in a relationship with themselves first, where their desires and feelings are taken super seriously. Maybe even their financial life is centered around what they want, what they desire, what their vision is of their own future. It sounds very singular to me, and I don't judge that at all. I think it's cool, but it definitely doesn't sound to me like polyamorous international relationship would um hold a family for example in a very good way I think they're like if it's just two people it would work but I think if it's like a family I don't I really don't think that would work well you could do it but there'd just be you'd have to be like on some royal tannenbaum shit you know you'd have to be like super intellectual and artistic and both parents would need to be like authors or architects or something and they're both so singular and independent that the kids are like growing up and seeing that and not caring and they're free and open again back to the cave thing which i could look up the philosopher but i'm forgetting it right now but you you know this is like this is 
I think it's like a highly evolved concept, you know? Um, but that's not to discredit a good old fashioned monogamous local hometown throwdown, babe, because those are some of the best stories and some of the deepest loves there ever were. Just like some of the deepest and most iconic loves are separated. Oh my God, there's a little mouse in my apartment. Oh, hold on. Oh my God, what do I, oh no, no, get out of here. Oh my God, what do I do? I have to go get a mouse trap. Fuck, because I have vinegar all over the, uh, I, I, I read that vinegar and peppermint oil. I guess I have to get a trap. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I know most people will cut this out of their podcast, but I'm keeping it right in. And um, to, my, to my caller, oh, no, get out of here. Oh, my God. All right. To the caller, I just want to say I got to go, but I wish you the best. And um, you know what? Surf's up, babe. Ciao. Love you guys. Uh, Call the hotline. Oh, my God. Call me if you know what to do about mice. I don't want to do a... I don't want to do a... um, Trap, because then I'll have to hear it screaming. I got to figure this out. (sighs) It wasn't here all winter, and now in the summer it's here. (gasps) Oh my god. Oh my god. Hi. 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 <clears throat> so I put um, I put vinegar. I put vinegar under the stove. Okay, good. So what you could do is if if you have cotton balls, they say you saturate cotton balls and place them in different places with peppermint oil or vinegar. Okay. Yeah, I can you do, that. do that. Yeah. Just saturate it all and just put it, you know, different places okay do you think that's gonna oh yeah they don't they they really hate peppermint like they just they don't like peppermint especially (laughs) i know but i i don't have peppermint did i tell you about the guy who tried to rip me off with peppermint oil it was diluted i said i said to him hey listen this is diluted he goes yeah you're right it is Angelica, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. What a, what a rat fink. I know, he was a rat fink. <laughs> he was a rat fink. But this is at the store, and, he, and they went to you to give you money back? No, I never bought it. He gave it to me, and I smelled it, and I said, this is diluted. It's not, this what? isn't, this isn't pure peppermint oil. Wow. That's crazy that he would do that. I know. Where can we get, like, real... They have it at, um... Flower power by me. Okay. I would just like every day. It's a pretty smell. Just put pieces everywhere. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, um, and if you have a little spray bottle. Yeah. And you put some in there and spray it evenly everywhere underneath the stove, under the sink, it'll keep it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well. I just, yeah, just do that. <sighs> Good, I'm glad you, uh, yeah, just the vinegar, the hate vinegar, too. Yeah, right now it's all vinegar. Yeah. All right. That's not a bad smell, vinegar. It's actually not that bad. No, it's not. All right. Okay. So, what, so anything else new, kiddo? No, not, not really. I have a little bit of agita. I need to go take a walk because I keep staring under the stove. I love that you can go for a walk right now. I wish I was with you. I know. 
I'm gonna go get a coffee with you. I know. I had a coffee last night with Leslie at like eight thirty at night. You know, how did you? <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah, that's so cute. All right, let me call you later. All right, go ahead. I love you. Love you, ciao. Right, bye. bye. <laughs> All right, you guys, you know what? Love you. It's 9.33. Tomorrow's a new day, okay? Okay.